0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Many of us are already planning
0: our New Year's resolutions to work out more in 2023. But let's face it, they rarely stick. Well, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories like non-slip
1: grip dumbbells, cycling shoes, heart rate monitors, and more with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus,
0: or Tread. Don't wait. Get this offer before it ends on December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined
1: with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hey, this is Stephen A. Smith from No Mercy. Festivals, football, flannels. Some say fall is their favorite time of year. And this fall, there are now updated COVID-19 booster shots designed to help protect against COVID-19 variants. If you've had your primary series, schedule an updated COVID-19 booster shot appointment as soon as you're eligible. And don't forget to enjoy the foliage sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech.
0: You're listening to the Upperhand
1: Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Let's go to the Jets real quick, man. Zahneman Knight, you know, he was the guy for the Jets out of the backfield. Outcarried Carter 17-5. to He caught two balls as well. He's a solid RB2 rest of the season. You know, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, the next three weeks, right? That's a solid, you know, that's pretty solid right there. And he's going to be a solid part of your playoff run going forward. Uh, Another plus is that this was a two-man backfield rather than a three-man backfield with Michael Carter back. Ty Johnson didn't play a snap in this game and James Robinson was a healthy scratch. So that's great news moving forward for Zonovan Knight.
2: Yeah. And it was cool that it was a two man backfield, but did it feel a whole lot like it? <laughs> you know, Zonovan Knight, he got a lot of carries. And yes, oh, yeah. Michael Carter got more targets, but it looks like Zonovan Knight it's, he's not only going to hold on to that role that he had without Michael Carter. I think with Michael Carter back, you know, they might actually be interested in giving him a majority of the work. And we'll see how they you know handle that moving forward. But I think Zonovan Knight He's not Brees Hall, but maybe they just want to roll with him at this point because he's talent that they drafted, they yeah. brought him in and he's producing, he's good. you know, he's doing what he needs to do. I mean, Michael Carter, you know, it seems like they're going to be fine, even if Michael Carter doesn't produce like he did yesterday. And of course, they didn't win this game, but Donovan Knight was not a reason why they weren't winning. You know, he, he was doing very good and he's going to continue to do that. I mean, what if his PPR outputs looked like the past few weeks 13, 16, 15? Like, I'll take that at my RB2 every week. Oh yeah. It looks like that's I, what you're going to get with him.
1: I can see that continuing. You know, Michael yeah. Carter, he played 50% of the snaps, but he was really on the field for passing downs. Um, you know, he ended up getting five targets in this game, uh, but that's really what his role is going to be. It looks like as far as the run game goes, it's all Zoneman Knight.
2: Yeah, 100%. And that's what's cool. You know, and you don't want to call Zoneman Knight an early down guy because you can get it done in the receiving game too. But, you know, with that early down role, I mean, he's going to be locked in for a lot more touches, I think, than Michael Carter. Oh
1: no, yeah, one hundred percent. Michael Carter yeah. could be dropped right now, straight up. Yeah, he could be dropped. Definitely, he's just a handcuff at this point. You, you can't really play him. Um, and Elijah Moore, man, Elijah Moore led the Jets with ten targets, six for sixty. And you know, we talked about something like this being possible this week based on his rap participation last week. He became a full time player last week, right? And it was up there again this right. week. It, it wasn't a one week blip, uh, and it, and it probably would have happened whether Corey Davis got banged up or not in this game. By the way, Corey Davis does have a head injury. Looks like he's in concussion protocol. Uh a lot of concussions this week, dude. But anyway, yeah. Um Elijah Moore, if he's available in your league, he should be picked up. You know, I just talked about the schedule, right? For zonovan Knight, right? It's the same thing. It, you have seattle you have Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle the next three weeks. Those are good matchups for the Jets overall. And if Elijah Moore uh, is going to be in line for a potential 10-target game, he's talented. You know, he he could do his thing. And this was, a, you know, not the best matchup in the world against Buffalo, but like these matchups that I just mentioned, he can probably do some things. And if you're, if you're in need of a wide receiver three, if you're in need of a flex play, I think Elijah Moore is somebody that you need to pick up right now.
2: I think you could definitely roll the dice on Elijah Moore. And, you know, obviously Mike White, he was in and out of the lineup and i don't know what his status is moving forward if he's going to be able to play next week i think he's they said he went and he got evaluated for some type of internal injury which obviously is he, not good he
1: went he went to the hospital he got evaluated and it seems like he was good to go and he was able to fly back with the team
2: All right okay so that's good news and even if mike white you know wouldn't play i think he's going to if that's the case um joe flacco i think could get it done too uh he we didn't see a whole lot of him but we know they like to throw the ball a lot and um, pretty much anyone but Zach Wilson is going to be okay for Elijah Moore because Zach Wilson just didn't throw to Elijah Moore. Uh, but definitely, if you if you are sitting, you know, at a spot where you're maybe in the, you're in the playoffs and you don't have a wide receiver three, I think Elijah Moore could definitely come through and fill that role for you because, like you said, he's now a full time player and this offense is going to be good. They're playing the Lions and they've been playing better football. But I think that the Jets have a pretty good matchup. You know, that week, uh, next week, going into that, Elijah Moore is going to be a contributor working alongside Garrett Wilson. The offense as a whole with Mike White has been, you know, perfectly, you know, conducive for fantasy production. Uh, I, I like Elijah Moore next week. And def- definitely this week was really encouraging to see.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Um, and this was the highest route participation that he's had since week three. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> that was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> Devin Singletary on the other side of the ball, he ended up out touching and out snapping James Cook. This just seems like a backfield to avoid at this point. Like, yep. You know, unless you know. You know, these guys are going to be up in these games and they're going to be able to run the ball a ton. You know, not sure I love them against Miami next week, but against Chicago in week 16, you know, maybe. Right. I can see that, you know, being a game where, you know, these guys can get 35 combined opportunities, maybe. Um, But I don't know how you can trust them, you know, like in your championship week, for example, like unless you're desperate. Like both are holds, I think, on your roster. Like I don't want to drop either of them right now uh, Mm -hmm. because you never know what could happen. Uh, you know, it could go in one way one way or the other. But, like, this was pretty disappointing. You know, we and we knew this was – we talked about this, right, on Friday, I think it was, where it's like, you know, this it was only a one-week sample size with James Cook getting the yep. majority of the touches. And it just flipped right back to Devin Singletary. But in a situation where even Singletary didn't get, you know, a really high uh, distribution of the opportunities, it was relatively even for the most part this yeah. game.
2: Yeah, that's what it was. And the thing is, even if it would flip one way, like Devin Singletary, yeah, he got most of the touches this week, or James Cook got most of the touches last week. The ceiling on these back, on these running backs, is not very high. It's not going to be like guys like Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, that's a high standard to go to. But I don't even, I'm not even sure it's like Zavon Knight. I think Zavon Knight has a higher ceiling than he's shown the past few weeks. I'm starting Zonvin Knight over both of these guys, regardless. You know, even if it oh would yeah go for one sure, I, I trust Zavon Knight to get it done um even if he's splitting with michael carter over one of these two guys getting most of the work just because they don't emphasize running back position very much at all in buffalo and you know you look at it maybe you could say oh the low production was because of the jets which the jets did give them fits once again josh allen you know he struggled and the offense as a whole stefan Diggs only had 37 receiving yards which is just just crazy um you know it was an off day this is what i think you're kind of in line for because if you say that the Bills are going to get back and they're going to get right on offense, it's not going to be through the running backs. They'll be complimentary at best. And that's why I'm saying that they're sealing. It might be 15 points, you know. I, they're not going to be cashing a ton of balls, they're not going to be running a bunch. If they're scoring, it's going to be through Josh Allen. And that's part of the problem of being on an offense that's loaded like this. You might be a good talent in the backfield, but the way that they employed that they deploy this offense it's just not going to be conducive enough for either either of these guys to be started on a weekly basis. And especially going in to the playoffs with this matchup as the most recent, this performance, like you can't trust them. And I wouldn't. I agree with you.
1: How about this Cowboys-Texans game, huh? Yeah. T- Texans out both of their top receivers, Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll rotating at quarterback. Yep. Uh, Chris Moore stepping up with 10 catches for 124 yards on 11 targets. You want to pick him up. Uh, great schedule the rest of the way. In case Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins don't play, in case they get shut down, but miscues on special teams by Dallas, you know, a couple picks on offense by Dak Prescott, you know, they kept using in this game, and the Cowboys almost lost it. You know, luckily the Cowboys were able to, you know, at the end, you know, figure out a way to win that game. Uh, but it was it was definitely a close one. And as a Cowboys fan, I see you have your Dak Prescott jersey on right yeah. now, Zach. Uh, he redeemed
2: himself. He redeemed. You're himself. You look
1: like Zach. You look like Zach Prescott today.
2: Oh yes, of course. Okay. I, am I had to do it. Bringing buddy. back the Halloween costume <laughs> that I had the other <laughs> time that I wore. But the thing, the thing about this game, and just to preface, is a win is a win. Um, Dak Prescott redeemed himself. But it looked like this game was going to be exactly what we thought it was going to be. You know, with Dallas going up, and then you know the offense coming off the field, and they don't have to do anything um, until that muff punt. And then that gave the Texans life. And then the interceptions, like we said, and now I'm a Dak Prescott fan. I can defend, I think, both of his interceptions. But the thing is, he's been turning the ball over a lot, and that's actually hurt his, hurting his fantasy production. But the takeaway here isn't so much from the Cowboys, because we know they're going to be able to con- you know, get it done every week, um, especially Tony Pollard. Again, he looked really good with two touchdowns. Just ridiculous. And Ezekiel Elliott, even in a down game, both of these guys got it done. But the takeaway for me here is, you know, the Texans offense, like you said, the receivers, two guys that could potentially be quality starters for you if you need them, you know, down the stretch. Um, This offense had no value before. And now Chris Moore coming with 11 targets, 124 yards. I'm not sure how much I trust that type of performance to be duplicated next week, but he should have a solid enough floor. Amari Rogers did a little bit. He scored a touchdown. Um, I'm not starting either of these quarterbacks. You know, they had the platoon coming out and, I was sweating really bad, you know, this game, because I was like, we're going to lose to a platoon of quarterbacks of Jeff Driscoll and Davis Mills. And Dallas lost it on that one pick. I could have sworn they lost the game with the five minutes left. That goal line stand was a miracle. And then the second miracle was going 98 yards for a touchdown. So that kind of renewed a little bit of hope in me that they could, you know, they're not uh, fakers, but scary game overall for me as a Cowboys fan, but, the takeaway here, like I said, is Houston's players, not Dallas. Dallas can be fine. Tony Pollard looking like he's going to be able to produce week in and week out. That's the only thing you could really say about uh, Dallas. And Dak Prescott, he's been a middle of the pack starter for you. He's going to continue to be that. Um, not 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 much really to take away from this fantasy wise, but it was definitely a storyline in that one PM slate. Definitely, uh, yeah. what's it called if you're watching Red Zone.
1: Oh yeah, one hundred percent, man. Um... And Damian Pierce, he had a solid game, uh, twenty-two for 78 and a touchdown, but he did leave the game late with an ankle injury. Uh, right. Early prognosis seems to be a low ankle, so it's possible he's back next week. If he's out, uh, there's nobody on the Texans in the Texans backfield that I would play. Uh, we'll probably see a three-way committee between uh, Darius uh and Eno Benjamin leading the way with Rex Burkhead, kind of you know trailing and getting a couple touches here and there. So I would right. not go near that backfield if Damian Pierce is out. No. But what a game from Justin Jefferson against yep. the Lions. Redeemed himself for that f- from that first time against the Lions. 11 catches for 223 yards. It could have been an even bigger day if the refs didn't declare that Jefferson went out of bounds on what would have been another long touchdown. It would have been an extra 30 yards and a touchdown um, if they yep. didn't call him out. Um, I'm kind of glad that they did because I was going up against them. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. if they did, I would have probably lost my week. Uh, but the rest <laughs> called him out. Uh, but nonetheless, like the dude came through for you when you needed him the most.
2: Yeah, that this is one of the big names that actually produced this week. You know, one of the of only ones. Didn't, but he he's he produced and he came through big for you. So that that's you know one thing. Justin Jefferson. You know, I don't think anyone was worried about him having a dud performance. But with yeah. the way things were going, it seemed like, you know, he might, he might not have. I think Justin Jefferson, he was very good, obviously. I, a lot of this, I think, came in garbage time. Minnesota was down pretty much all day. But that's okay for fantasy football. With the way that the Vikings defense plays, every game's going to be high scoring, which means Justin Jefferson's going to have to be doing things on offense to keep the Vikings in the game. And they weren't in the game really at all against Detroit. But that's what you want to see, I think, from a fantasy perspective. If you're just a fantasy Player, this is exactly the type of game you want to see for the Vikings receivers.
1: It's crazy, man. Like the only guys I'm looking at it right now: Christian McCaffrey. You know, obviously he came through. Yep. Justin Jefferson came through. Austin Eckler came through. Tony Pollard came through. Keenan Allen, even though he we had lower expectations on him. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams, even though Josh Jacobs a little bit, Mike Williams a little bit, but that's really it, man. Nobody had like yeah. this huge day. You know, Tyreek did all right. Um, But, yeah, like no one had this huge day, like besides those guys, which is crazy, man. Like the week that you needed so many guys to do their thing, like (laughs) they just fell through, you know. So you kind of, like I said, scratching and clawing your way into the fantasy playoffs. Uh, But hopefully you were able to get it done. Um, A guy that we were recommending this week was DJ Chark. He ended up coming through uh, as we thought he would. His second 90-yard receiving game in a row. Uh, Not sure I'd be starting him next week against the Jets, uh, but I would hold him for Carolina, hold him for Chicago uh, the week after. Jamison Williams ended up getting his first catch in the NFL, and of course it had to be a 41-yard touchdown. Uh, He only ran six routes in this game, so he is not startable right now. Uh, But we'll keep an eye on those routes uh, as they continue to go up moving forward.
2: Yeah, it's funny because I'm looking at all these numbers for the Lions receivers. Like, This team is playing really good offense. And it's not just through Amon Ross St. Brown. Like DJ Chark looks like he's going to be a longer term contributor than, you know, maybe he might have looked like at the beginning of the season. Josh Reynolds, you know, I think that Rams connection with Jared Goff is kind of buoying him a little bit. But, you know, he's getting it done regardless. And now Jameson Williams, you add him to the mix. If only these running backs could have got it done. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Imagine what the offense is. Jared Goff. So
1: frustrating.
2: How about Jared Goff? Like, he's looking good. And I saw yeah, a report somewhere that he's like expected to be their quarterback, you know, next season. They might just roll with him. At this I point, why not? Like That's a good you, choice. I think you have to. Because they're not you in know, tank position. They're not gonna go get Brady exactly. any of them. Yeah, go ahead.
1: exactly. They're I'm sorry, man. They're they're a win now team. That's what I was gonna say. Like yeah. they're winning now, like with Jared Goff, and they're in position to make the playoffs. And why would you why would you switch away from that at this point, right?
2: Yeah, and people forget, you know, Jared Goff, he had a rough stint at the end of his time with the Rams, and he was pretty rough coming into this time with the Lions. But he has, you know, Super Bowl pedigree. He went to a Super Bowl. You know, he's been on successful teams, high-powered offenses that beat Patrick Mahomes in a 50-point to 50-point game. Like, he has this experience under his belt. He knows how to play football. And when he came to the Lions, this was a much worse roster. But since they've added guys on the line, the offensive line is one of the best in the NFL. They drafted Penny who had a catch for a first down the ice of <laughs> the game. Like, yep. this is a good offense. And with Jared Goff, all he has to do is play efficiently, which is exactly what he's doing. And he's throwing deep, deep passes, you guys. A lot of touchdowns. I saw him error a couple times, and it was uh, end up in the receiver's hands for a touchdown. Like, I think you kind of upgrade this whole offense a little bit with the way J- Jared Goff is playing. And does Jared Goff, it, can we slide him in? Um, did we have him as a top 12? Can we slide him into the top 12? Is he a QB one moving forward? I, I think maybe.
1: Maybe. Uh, but you got to keep in mind the the matchups that he just had, right? He he yeah. went up against Jacksonville last week, was able to put up 340 yards, went up against Minnesota, you know, went up put up 3, 330 yards. So these are the two worst defenses, you know, in the NFL when it comes to quarter, you know, defending quarterbacks. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Jared Goff, you know, comes back down to earth, right? They they're gonna go up against the Jets this week. So I will definitely not be putting him in anywhere near That's my fair. top 15, 15 even uh and especially with all these quarterbacks coming back from bye. Um I don't even know if he's going to be in my top 18 this week. So it, it's, right. it's one of those it's That's one of those fair. situations where like it's going to be matchup dependent for me with Jared Goff, but the good thing that the good thing is that we know that you know the receivers that should be getting it done will most likely be getting it done in most matchups like on Ross St. Brown. Um DJ Shark might be a little bit more matchup dependent. Um but you know, in terms of like what he needs to get done, when he needs to get done, I feel like he's capable of doing what he needs to do, you know, in those specific matchups. But we've seen him, you know, have a little bit of trouble with tougher matchups. Uh, But the good thing is that this Lions defense is now stepping up a little bit more. Right. They've yep. been, a, a, I would say, like a good defense since their bye week. Um, they haven't been that same, like they're not like a good quote unquote, good matchup, <laughs> you know, yeah. for opposing offenses. Cause right. I don't know. And Kirk based- obviously threw for 400, you know, but yeah. that's Kirk Cousins in this offense capable of doing what they're doing because, you know, we saw what Justin Jefferson, Jefferson was capable of.
2: Yeah. With this defense, I think it's relative. you look at the way they're playing at the beginning of the season, you look at them now, middle of the pack is all you're asking for, for them to be competitive. And that's what they've been. So yeah. it works. And Aiden Hutchinson's come on. You know, he looks like he's going to be a contributor. He's going to be really good for the Lions, not just this year, but, you know, down the stretch. Um, Kirby Joseph, too. It's not like they're out of playmakers there. They have guys on defense that can do it. They're just now putting it together, and, you know, that should bode well for their fantasy prospects, especially, you know, if they're in competitive games. It'll keep the game from getting out of hand and then garbage time just kind of wrecking it, Um, although sometimes that can be effective. But, you know, bottom line, the Lions look good. The offense looks much better than – You know, it had looked the weeks after at least going into the buy. And that's just good news for everyone across the board. And hopefully these running backs can get somewhere, something going.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, like, I I don't know if it's good news for DeAndre Swift, like super frustrating day, only six carries for 21 yards. Jamal Williams had 16 carries Uh, only four targets for DeAndre Swift. Not sure why this is remaining a three man split, Uh, you know, in terms of snaps, Justin Jackson's still very involved uh, there's no reason why Jackson should get, you know, four carries when Swift is only getting seven. Right. Right. Uh, and, and Swift, uh, Jackson only ran four less routes than Swift. So it's frustrating, man. Like, how are you dealing with Swift moving forward? You know, it's almost like he moved backwards this week and they have the Jets next week.
2: He is just a complete upside start at this point. I wouldn't want to start him as my RB one. I think RB two, you could get away with, but that's just for the upside. And, Dare I call him the Gabe Davis at the running back position? Because that's kind of what he's been <laughs> well, doing. Except and obviously he's we have, yeah, he's talented. He's also <laughs> he also has um, he's only have one good week, you know, in the past like eight. So that's one thing. Yeah. It's hard to call him the Gabe Davis, you know, because we've seen Gabe Davis do his thing a little bit more often than that. But recently, it hasn't been the case. But with DeAndre Swift, he's just an upside star, you know. You can't really confidently start him at this point if he's a flex. I think that's ideal. Um, you can start him as a flex and maybe get away with it, but with these guys coming off a buy, you know, you might have better, more secure options for your flex as well. I think DeAndre Swift, he's liable to put up this type of performance every week. Now I was hoping we'd see something similar to what we saw last week. Obviously we were all jumping for joy because he got back to that role that made him, you know, a fantasy star, but it looks like it's just kind of going to go. However it goes, you know, with this offense. And if DeAndre Swift is part of it, I don't think they have plans to really feature him um, as much as maybe these receivers. So I think for now, He's just an upside play, and I'm not too confident. Like I said, ideally he's a flex for me. I don't want to have him at my RB two unless I'm in desperate measures. But with these guys coming off by, you you might have better options. And I think it would be okay to start guys with a safer floor, like maybe even David Montgomery. You know, obviously he's going to be all right. But oh yeah, I think DeAndre, I think DeAndre Swift's ceiling is higher than David Montgomery. But the thing is, the chances that DeAndre Swift hits the ceiling are a lot lower than David Montgomery. You know, having a solid day, and in the playoffs he can't have those duds.
1: Yeah. I mean, Montgomery's going up against Philly in week 15, but I'm going to be starting Montgomery over DeAndre Swift
2: for sure. And it's tough because we we had him ranked as a low-end RB1. It was looking so good. It's just sad.
1: His usage was great last week. We thought he was back, and now apparently he's not. Yep, and it sucks.
0: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,